tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. And welcome to uh, Tinfoil Hat. You know who I am. You know who I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Uh, very excited to have our guest. I'm going to bring him in even, even though I haven't done a lot of business. Uh, he's got a great podcast called Me and Paranormal You. Please welcome Ryan Singer. How are you, brother? Hey, buddy. Good to see you. I haven't seen you since you became Papa. Oh, uh, yep. A lot of people haven't seen me, to be honest with you. I've been yeah. locked down. These two kids are running me. I'm yeah. like their personal concierge, and they don't care. Yeah, twins, baby. I mean, and it is a, uh, not to get too woo right off the bat, but it is a new moon in Gemini as of yesterday. The twins, baby. Uh, this is your time right now, dude. This is your time. Well, I love it. And thank you. And it, it's uh, a magical thing to do. I, I, you know, I'm 47 years old and I didn't think it was going to happen, but through, you know, the blessings of the universe, it did happen. And I'm enjoying every minute of it. And, you know, it's like, and as much as I hate this lockdown and everything that's come with it, uh, that is the one magical thing about it is that I have been able to sit home and take care of my kids. You know, but we also have a, a, a schedule that allows us to work around things that we have to. So I love it. They got a crazy dad. Dad can't get out of work. You know, I was doing Krav Maga for the longest time. Couldn't oh by the longest time, I mean three weeks, and um, <laughs> I couldn't get back to it, right? So <laughs> they just like to watch their daddy dance. I, I put on my favorite songs, and I just <laughs> air guitar for them, and I just dance, and I try not to do the old man dance that you see your grandpa do at the, at the wedding, but like when you start getting in your late 40s and 50s, that's the only dance you got. There's not a lot of moves you can do as – uh, you know, because I got to drink more water. I got to do, uh, you know, it's like uh, as we get older, our bodies start to become, uh, you know, I would think rigor mortis set in a long time before you die. That's just where it just gets fast forwarded. But if you don't work out, you don't keep your body moving. It definitely, uh, it definitely starts to set in. But Ryan, you look good, man. I know you've been Thanks, doing your buddy. walks. and Yeah, well, I'm only a few years behind you. I'm at 40 i'll be 44 in july so no kids uh maybe it'll happen for me in the next couple of years too but uh yeah I've, i mean the trails just reopened so i've been hitting the trails a little bit uh quarantine has made me go back into some you know you know i've been krav maga and those fucking demons yeah, uh you know so like it, dude. the nicotine comes back in for a, a nice little wrestling match yeah. uh here and there and uh so I, I gotta pin that son of a bitch down but once i get him uh pinned i'll be i'll be back on track but yeah man it's it's been going you know i and with at the risk of sounding insensitive um i've been telling people like when they ask i'm like my life didn't hasn't 
changed all that much. I mean, other than the removal of, you know, the primary profession of, do, of us doing stand up, right? Podcasts became such a big part of, you know, our lives. Um, cause I've been doing two podcasts now. So like three a week, uh, three episodes, not to mention trying to just, you know, get a chance to hang out with your buddies who you haven't seen in forever by doing their podcasts and things like that. It's, it's like this brand new world. So my life is pretty much the same with the exception of, you know, I don't get to, you know, get the juice from the live shows, but you know, soon enough, those will come back. Um, just grateful, man. Just grateful that I've been able to be in a position where I can weather this kind of storm and not have to like totally be in 100% freak out mode, but like hitting those trails, hitting that mountain dude, that has saved my ass since I moved here like almost nine years ago. If I didn't have the mountain, didn't have that alone time out in, uh, out in the, the wilderness, the earth, uh, dude, I would have, I would have lost my shit a long time ago. That's for uh, sure. I think it's great. I, I gotta be honest with you, man. My life in, in at 43 versus my life right now, just 180, brother. And, and, and the reason I say that is because, nothing you know you still have plenty of time to do everything i mean like i tell people man i was i wasn't broke until 43 but i was like i was hustling hard i still hustle hard but it was like a different kind of hustle it was like we were trying to get sponsorship on live shows we were selling ad space on crazy places like we were kind of you know me and my business partner were kind of ahead of that before everybody else was and uh, so, but you know, then, then I realized I wanted to do comedy chaos and all that started open up. And then, you know, the tinfoil hat podcast was just getting started at 43 years old. And that, that thing just completely became this whole wonderful beast that I'm so blessed to be in this community and seeing, you know, giving some respect cause I give respect. So it's very cool to watch. So my point is, it's like to everybody listening, and this is why I've been really pounding at home to everybody is like, there is no time to change your life than right now. And it doesn't matter what age you are or any of that stuff. And I know you guys are here for the conspiracies. I got, I had a little woo woo on the last one, uh, but I just love you all so much. And I just want you to know what I did. I'm freely given to you what has give, been given to me. And I actually have my brand new, my fir first of all, happy Memorial Day. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I Holidays are a little different now. It's like, yeah, I mean, like, I guess, I guess that's different, right? But uh, so happy Memorial Day. And I just want to say that I booked my first gig during after this kind of chaos. And I'm proud to announce that I will be at the Comedy Club of Kansas City in Kansas City, Missouri, I will be there June 4th through the 6th, 2020, just two weeks away. Uh, it is on uh, 1130 West, 103rd Street. Uh, if I know the guys who own these comedy clubs, these chains, uh, and man, they run a class act, and I'm very excited. They're doing small rooms. I'm super excited. They're only doing 80-seaters. 80 seaters. So I'm super excited to be out there uh, getting the ball rolling because it's going to start opening up. And I'm very thankful that my uh, that my agency is kind enough to send it to me. I'm bringing T-shirts. I'm bringing the whole stuff. And uh, I'd love to see you guys. I got a dude, Ryan, I don't know about you, but I'm like a rapper 
who went to jail. I'm coming out with about three albums worth of fucking songs. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, because I got this new podcast called Broken Simulation, and it's meant to be just comedy. And uh, I just want it to be comedy, nothing political, so that the that tech people stay off that. And I just, you know, so I've been writing a lot of, you know, using that to write material. I know there's people like Chris D'Elia and Bill Burr and all those guys kind of do that. So I've always enjoyed ranting, but I have my co-host with me. And uh, I just kind of come up with stories from my life and I kind of test it on him. And if, if it gets a good laugh there, I'll bring it to the stage. Uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast and then we'll get into the good stuff. Okay, cool. Well, I think it's real quick before I do... Um, you said something real interesting uh, at the beginning of all that. And it's like you said, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be all woo-woo. I know you're here for the conspiracies. But I do, for me personally, now this is all just personal experience um, because I was, I was much deeper into conspiracies like 15 years ago than I am now, right? Because for me, I trended, I was trending too damn dark with it all. Yeah, I'm you know with what I mean. You, and there's not a light of there's not a lot of light at the bottom of these fucking bunkers that a lot of people are trying to sell you at the bottom of these rabbit holes, right? Um, but like, but we all know. I mean, I don't have to tell your listeners, you know, where the term conspiracy theory, all that shit, where it even came from. I mean, everybody, we know, we know the score, right? Of trying right. to make people, uh, you know, seem uncredible, all that other kind of stuff. Um, but there, for me, there has to be room for some light, man, or we for go sure, dude. fucking crazy. And, um, but yeah, so, but my, uh, me and paranormal use a podcast. I started about six years ago and I do long form interviews with people who have had paranormal experiences or abilities. Um, over the last few years it has, you know, I do, I talk to a lot of comics, so, you know, sometimes it's kind of just spiritual in nature and maybe some Love crazy it. shit that they remember uh, came up in their life. And then a little over a year ago, I started another podcast with a woman I didn't know that well, who's like a psychic witch. Uh, her name's Angela Lovell. She's great. I interviewed her for my podcast. She had crazy stories. Uh, she reached out and said, let's start a podcast about magic. And I was like, you know what? You're deep in the game. I've only been doing it for you know a couple years, not hardcore. So let's, you know, a good perspective. And, uh, so we've been doing that. It's called, this is where the magic happens. Um, you know, it's a lot, you know, there's, it's a lot of magic talk, but you know, I sneak in my paranormal stuff. Uh, and there's a lot of butt stuff that gets talked about in that, you know, sex always comes up. Um, so that's a, that's a real fun one to do because that's like a, a steady co-host, which I've never had on a podcast before. But for me, it's like that podcast, the original me and paranormal you has taken me. Oh, and by the way, the, uh, I think, um, maybe it was like a year and a half ago when I came on and we told the shapeshifter story. After that uh, interview went up, that YouTube video just went bonkers with comments. And it was just all, here because of tinfoil, you know, you know. And oh, I was just like, oh, this yeah. is great to see. And I, I typically don't, you know, dive into comments because we all know how, how it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but on that, on this particular occasion, I was like, you know what, I'm going in on this to see. <laughs> And man, it was, uh, it was pretty, it was a trip, uh, because they called I, the swarm I, brother. We yeah. Call the, them swarm. the swarm, the swarm, they was show great. up in bunches and yeah. they tend to be loving once in a while they get a little crazy, but that's okay because they're passionate. And, you know, I got so many questions to ask you. We're going to get into one of your stories, but I have so many questions to talk to you about. First of all, it is a pleasure to talk to you because 
your energy is exactly what's needed in these times. It's very calming, cool energy because I just want to, you know, I'm all about scorch the earth and I just, I love it. But I also appreciate the, the common balance that, that people want to hear. And I think it's very important. And, you know, when I yeah. say the woo-woo, the only reason I said the woo-woo is because, you know, they, they love conspiracies. But I, I'm just so, like, I want people to take this moment where they realize how much of their life is in other people's hands and to realize that everybody's got a little gift you know, are we going to be the Michael Jordan or something? I don't know, but we can be damn good at something. And now thanks to the internet, there's a great way to access that. So that's all I really say. I love the woo woo. And dude, let me tell you something, brother. When you're talking about that darkness, I, I get that. The, I, I really, once in a while, like, I, I mean, geopolitics can drive you nuts because it's just so out of your control. You see it happening and you're just like, somebody do something, does nothing. The the children's stuff is like, it drives me nuts. I hate it, but I, but I'm so like, if I stop talking about it, nobody, you know, will, will people still hear about it? Not that I'm important, but it really like kill me if I didn't keep fighting for these children that are being, especially when I look at my kids, sometimes I look at my kids and I'm like, how does somebody hurt this? How does somebody hurt this? It's the most defenseless thing in the world. And there's this group of dark arts people. So it pains me, man. It pains me to keep visiting that. I just can't let these, you know, it's like they're the most defenseless group. And they have no voice. And I have to fight for it. So I, that wasn't me like, you know, giving, I'm just no, no, I'm I talking get it. to I people, get it. man. It's just like, and, I, yeah. I, I would love, you know, it's like I watch this guy's website. Uh, I mean, his YouTube channel and I've never seen a YouTube channel. It's a, it's a, he does mysteries and it's called Limino, L-E-M-M-I-N-O. And the guy gets millions of views and he does a lot of mystery stuff. And I'm like, I'm really enjoying his videos. So I'm like, hey, man, maybe I'll start diving into the more mysterious and stuff like that, you know, and, have, you know, still still give you guys the good shit. But when you started talking about magic and you started talking about it was something that um, me and my friend were talking about because, you know, I just had Duncan Trussell on and Duncan has that, I think, just revolutionary show that just came out. And it it's couldn't beautiful have and it's amazing. And it's, it's like it's to the amazing. point, Midnight right? Midnight Gospel, yeah. Like you yeah. think it somebody made a mistake. Like how did this get to television? Because they've been giving <laughs> us so much fast food and they gave us fine dining for our souls and our minds. And, yeah. you know, there is some weird symbolism in that, in that, in the animation. And I kind of brought that up to somebody about how, like, you know, you make a golden rule or is someone going to break it? And then someone brought it up. It's like, people got to realize there's a difference between like, this dark and the occult, the occult isn't bad. It's just an intra. It's just like this view of something that, that isn't like mainstream and it's, it's, it's mystical. It's not necessarily evil or Satanism or any of that, but it's more about like when you say magic, right? It's like the magic that's out there. And what are your thoughts on all that? Well, that's a great question. Um, the, I mean, I was just having a conversation with a friend earlier today about hermeticism and it's like, you know, and 
the older I got, the more I realized like, oh, like as above, so below. You hear that phrase a lot. Like that's a very common phrase, but that comes from like, from like so long ago, right? And there's duality to everything. And um, in magic, uh, at least my experience so far, and by no means am I adept, uh, you know, like a magician, like a high level magician or any of that. But I'm not trying to give people that impression. But you, uh, you hear a lot about shadow work, working with the shadow, the shadow self, right? And that has like dark connotations to it, right? But then you realize, no, we all have a shadow self. We all have a dark side of us. And that doesn't necessarily mean there's a side of us that wants to like, you know, murder and pillage and all that. It just means it's this side that we have, we've been raised in a society that wants to ignore all that, right? It's like, focus on being good, focus on being good, the light, the light, the light, the light. And it's like, no, man, we all got this part of ourselves that we have to acknowledge. And once we acknowledge it, we can incorporate it into the light that we got inside of us, right? Potentially. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. I had this like guy had me do this thing where I had to sit down and visualize and I had to interview my shadow self, right? Um, and so I had two chairs set up and then I would, I would, you know, sit in one chair as myself and then and I'd have to not until I could see my shadow self. What does it look like? And then boom, I ask questions and then I go over and I become the shadow self, answer those questions. And, and it was so, it was so enlightening for me because my shadow self was kind of a scum, you know, kind of scummy, slinky, you know, slouching in his chair. But at the core of my shadow self was fear. That was what drove my shadow self to be like, uh, to push people away to act like I'm too good for them uh, out of fear of being rejected by those people for what, for showing my true self. Right. So my shadow self, this whole, my whole life has been like trying to protect me, but coming from the wrong spot. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then when it comes to like the dark, the dark arts of like the occult, um, there is, I mean, I've, there's some shit that I've heard that like, I, it just blows my mind, man, because you're like, how could someone do that? And, uh, but at the core of some of the darkest practices of magic, it's people truly believe in the power of something. And for whatever reason they've chosen to believe that this is the better way to try to get it right. Uh, and they get lost, they lose themselves in it. And, um, I know for a fact that there are people out there doing dark magic, right? Um, I mean, you know, it too. And, uh, but I, if I had to guess, this is totally uneducated guess. Um, I would say the percentage of people who are practicing magic, who are into that really dark stuff. If I did, this is just a guess. I'd say it's under 15%, right? Um, I mean, I even look at hexes in a different way than I used to. Um, as opposed to like trying to attack somebody, it's, it's trying to reflect their negative energy that they're giving to you or attacking you with just to reflect it back on them. Right. That's how a lot of people look at hexes, which are, which is one of like the bad words of magic. Like, Oh, yeah, I'm going to put yeah, a hex yeah, on yeah, you. Yeah, right. That's kind of but what it's, I'm it's, talking about. Yeah. But it's more, but most, uh, witches that I know and magicians, um, they, they think of, they think of a hex as putting up, it's just a reflector. Like, oh, you want to send some shit my way? Guess what? I'm, I'm putting up a hex on you. So it com- if you send something bad to me, it just comes right back to you. But I'm not going to be like stealing your hair or your fingernails and then like saying, I hope you get cancer or, or any of that kind right, of shit. Right, 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 right. Um, or doing rituals and like sex magic is, sex magic is fun as hell. 
Um, you know what I mean? It's just using an orgasm, the intense energy explosion of an orgasm instead of mushrooms or deep meditation or something like that to get to that space. Right. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I do think that, um, and again, like I said, I'm not like deep in, I'm not like a member of the golden dawn. You're getting your green belt. Stuff, you're you know? working your way to your black yeah, belt. Yeah. So and I'm there's wor- nothing yeah. wrong with that because maybe you're the type of guy that, that people need to hear from because you are slowly going through it and learning. It's like almost like in professional NBA players, right? They don't, they, some of the greatest players in the world make the worst coaches because they just see the game differently. Right. So like if we brought in a, a, I don't know what the highest level of which would be, they might not be able to explain in the layman's term. So the fact that you're kind of going through the journey is really great. I have a couple comments on what you have to say because I really loved it. And the first thing you talk about is how like, uh, you know, magic is magic, right? And maybe I'm wrong, but the, how you, how you, how you apply magic is everything. It's the person. And that reminds me of when I was starting, in the martial arts, I had a really great Sifu. We were in uh, upstate New York, east-west, uh, and he would talk, you know, and there was this guy who was learning martial arts that was just fucking people up, and it just sucked. And he said, he goes, you know what, man, it, what really sucks about the martial arts is that even bad people can get good at it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, what is the application yeah, it's a tool. of that? Um, it's a tool. Yeah, it's just, it's, it just really is a tool. And, you know, the more and more I, you know, when I was listening to you talk, it was so well put. And I just started going like, you know, man, just like everything I'm learning in this journey on Tim Fall Hat, where this will be the 319th show, right? It's just like, what is up is really down. And there's been this long con done to just convince us that what is really isn't. And, you know, when I think about all the magic, I think like, you know, even though Alyssa Milano's gone a little crazy, but like, like, is there a world of like charm out there? Is there this world where you have witches and, and and I'm sorry if that comes off like a cheesy, like, Oh, that's, that's what normies say. But like this whole kind of like that there's all this, like, I think the world is so much more interesting than anybody even knows until you start going on these journeys that we've been on and you realize it's so much more complex. And I tell people, it's like, I basically see the world as every movie ever made is all going on at one time. It's just like, that's how interesting this realm we live in. And, you know, at some point, most likely either a Jesuit or a Freemason made these rules called the laws of physics. And the laws of physics were made to put us into a box that made us think that these are the, and I'm having people staring at, as my kids laughing about laws of physics, but the laws of physics <laughs> keep us in this little box and that everybody's like, if this doesn't fit in this box, it can't exist. And you're like, there's so much outside of that. And that's the stuff that the people who have been doing this for thousands of years running the show don't want you to know about it's the ancient knowledge it's and empowerment it's like, man it's it's and you see what I, it's like the rise of the witches right now specifically and i mean that in all the best ways possible in the last few years especially um traditionally if you look at anyone who would ever self-identify as a witch in the last you know handful of years last 10 
couple decades, it's going to be women or gay men for the most part, right? And you you can you can make a couple assumptions from that. And, and the big assumption and the, the big thing you can know from that piece of information is that there are people who feel like they're not empowered by the system that's in place, right? The structure of society that's been built by other than them, for sure, right? right. And they are looking for ways to empower themselves. So how do they do that? They find ancient knowledge that's there if you go looking for it. Yes. Uh, you know what I mean? And it's there. And I got, I, it's funny you brought up the Freemasons. I got The Builders, which is a book about the history of uh, free, the Freemasons, which I haven't read. I have, it's like next on my queue, but because um, I'm fascinated. I got actually got a lodge coin over on my, on my table there, but like I'm fascinated by the Freemasons. Turns out I went to a grade school, uh, which I'm going to try to talk about it without any anger. But St. Albert the Great, great school in Kettering, Ohio, where I grew up, Catholic school. Um, they, they, you know, harbored one of the, you know, one of the pedophile priests um, that we found out years later. Um, this guy who was a priest of, uh, of ours for years. Catholic? Uh, turns out, yeah, he was in the uh, witness relocation program for the Catholic Church. Oh um, you know, one of those shit bags. And um, anyway, but St. Albert the Great, Albert the Great was Albert Magnus who turns out to be one of like the original great builders. Right. And so I'm like, Holy shit, dude, I was going to school at a place named after, you know, and it happened to like, you know, the synchronicity at the time was I was also researching Freemasonry for something I was, I was working on. And then, but I was like, and it all kind of came together and I was like, dude, I was going to school at a place named after one of these dudes. Right. And um, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating stuff. And it's like that information is out there, but do you have the time and the desire to go find now some of that stuff, you know, when we're talking about like the information that comes from these ancient mystery schools, that's why I love this guy, Manly P hall. He's got a bunch of talks on uh, YouTube. Uh, he's got kind of a weird voice. Like, you know, he'll be talking about like alchemy and the secrets of the Freemasons. So, but they're like these hour and a half long audio lectures recorded at the, uh, uh, the Philosophical Research Society, right down on Los Feliz, uh, down in uh, you know the Hollywood adjacent area. That's where the uh, PSR building is to this day. It's got a library with who knows what's in there, man. Like I haven't gone down there yet to check out the library, but you know they got some knowledge books down there. But uh, so he was fascinated by all that ancient knowledge, right? And so you you get like you know, and I'm fascinated by alchemy and uh, you know Freemasonry and like all this kind of stuff. And then the more you dig in, the more you have to realize you have to separate knowledge from people who sometimes who are giving knowledge. Um, Cause one of my dudes who I was always so interested in listening to ended up being a total piece of shit. Right. And you have to like, Oh, I can't, I mean, I have to separate that knowledge from the things that he's like, you know, discovered and, and written about or talked about from who he is as a person. Yeah, I get right. And um, which is something we have to do in all forms of life. But when it comes to like seeking esoteric knowledge or occult knowledge, which, you know, like you spoke to it early, just means hidden. That's the definition of occult just means hidden. You know what you're bringing up right now uh, is is like the whole thing behind what seems to be the power play of blackmail. Right. So you have somebody out there who is doing amazing work, maybe getting too close to the truth. And you see this thing moved where it's like, oh, this guy's does this that you didn't know about. And, and you're doing the reverse of what you're talking about. There is more of the reverse. No, but this it's guy's the same doing thing. something good. 
but but he's a bad guy. Well, the reverse of that is oh, somebody yeah, yeah. does something good, and they just that is it's just it shouldn't even be like a a, a taboo thing. It's just like. As long as it doesn't involve children, what you want to do with another adult should be about as important as your workout, right? It's like, hey, uh, I'm bisexual. That should be as important as I do Krav Maga. You know, like whatever your thing is, like that should be yeah. that should be the thing. It should never matter. But that's how they do the control. And you see that a lot in the black conspiracy movement right now. And I love this opening with these conservative black conservatives are really like leaving the herd and having their own voice. And I think it's some of the most punk rock shit out there. Right. But, but man, there's a lot of homophobia in that movement. And what they don't understand is like they're feeding into the system that they're trying to expose by pushing this kind of lifestyle, uh, um, you know, demonizing a certain lifestyle they are actually fueling this dark arts thing they're trying to fight. You know, all, these boulets, and we talk about that and the, the positioning of them, uh, it just, it, it just fuel, fuels into it. So I try to push back on that stuff, and that's a theme on my show a lot because we're just, you know, it's like Abraham Lincoln said about the Federal Reserve and slavery. It's like, why, why, why free some men and enslave others? So that's kind of my opinion. It's like, yeah. live let live man that's my kind of opinion Dude, you'll appreciate this like it was uh 2011 uh it was the 10-year anniversary of september 11th and you know billy wayne davis uh yeah. i think maybe yeah very you know bw very, very funny guy man. him and there's another comedian i'm not sure if you know him named tom simmons he's based out of like uh, greensboro north carolina very like you know he's got he's like an epic guy he's got like four or five albums out he's really funny road dog for years and um we came up we did a live show called kooks and kooks was all about conspiracy theories and paranormal stuff and we did it at the laughing skull comedy club in atlanta georgia and uh, we wrote the show that weekend in the hotel room right as we were doing it we did the first show and it had a big chunk on 9-11, uh, inside job stuff. It had, you know, other stuff. We, after that first show, we had, it was, it was like, it was the closest I've ever come to doing anything punk rock. And um, we had a family in, that, in the audience stand up and start yelling, at, you can't say these things. You can't talk this way. Because we were talking about like whether or not 9-11 was an inside job. And my stance was and still is to this day is, Release the videos, man. Release the videos of the adjacent buildings that caught, you know, the plane crashing into the Pentagon. Just release the videos, man, that you confiscated from like the 7-Elevens right, right, and shit right, or whatever. Right, That's all you got to right, do. That's right. all you got to do. That'd be anyway, too easy. So, yeah, it'd be too easy, right? <laughs> so um, we had uh, this, like these family members stand up and be like, our son's shipping out to Afghanistan tomorrow. You need to shut up. You can't say this. And then somebody else stood up in the back of the room and said, I am a veteran. And you need to sit down and shut the fuck up because we fight so they can say these things. Right? Say yes. it, was the, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen at a comedy show. Right. Um, and the next How'd night, that the club, feel? it felt amazing. Right. I mean, we were tiptoeing on the, on the line of anarchy. Right. Cause it was, it was the 10 year anniversary weekend of September 11th uh, when we were doing that show. And um, we uh, like had a video for my brother. My brother is, 
you know, my brother's deep into the world of this stuff. Um, so much so that he even lost his job years ago. Oh, snaps. Uh, That's deep. Yeah. And, uh, so he had, what's your mom think? Uh, you're a ghost. You're into the paranormal. He's into like, uh, lizard people. It's gotta be like, what's Thanksgiving's like, you know, this is my mom in a nutshell. My mom is, she can tell you what color your aura is, right? Oh shit. But she still wants to see Obama's birth certificate. Like she's a convergence of two seemingly opposite things. I right? love that, yeah. dude. I love that. Yeah. You know, that was a sh- you know, going back to Duncan's show, you know, I I my mom, I love her to death. She's she's a wonderful human being. She's a very she has she's a simple person. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that she just like she didn't expect to have grandchildren. She could not be more excited. Like that is, you know, your mom, like my mom was, didn't have any sexual energy to her. I know this is weird coming from a son. Like <laughs> if you said like dildo in front of my mom, she'd think it was like, where's Waldo? Like, I know that's super naive, but like, that's really what, like people, she'd go to parties and they would be like, girl, someone's female birthday and someone would get them you know, get the, get the, uh, whoever's birthday was a, a vibrator and they would turn to my mom and apologize to her. Like, that's kind of how innocent my mother is. So I always assumed all moms are like that. And I realized they're not. And, and, and my mom's quite probably has too much sexual energy. <laughs> lo- love all the moms, all the moms. If dude, if they loved you, they love you. That's all. But it's like, when I heard Duncan Trussell's mom talking, I was really blown away by like, how centered she was and how smart she was and how deep into that. And like, and how Duncan just picked that up and he took it even farther than she did. And like, what an amazing job. And like all the, like what you're doing right now and like all the, like the, you know, you're going to go shoot some stuff and, and do all that. Like, that's amazing to me. And that, that's so cool that your, your mother sees auras and wants to see Obama's, that is the coolest shit in the world, man. That is so cool. I'm yeah, really she's, uh, yeah, she's, my mom's great. I love her. She's, uh, yeah, she's always calling me with new ideas uh, about like uh, web series. Her and my stepdad want them because my step, well, I don't think she'd want me talking about medicinal marijuana, but um, she's a little too conservative for that. But um, the, uh, oh, dude, I know we're kind of jumping all over the place, but. Since I last saw you, I don't know if you want me to tell you this crazy ass story. Yes, um, of course. The uh, so it wasn't long after I think I saw you. Um, I was asked to be part of this uh, potential documentary that was being made in Florida, uh, a paranormal documentary. Now, I think your listeners will appreciate the uh, confluence of events or the the coming together of many different things of these worlds that are all it, allegedly taking all place because you know somewhere is just it's the somewhere where they all come together it's just all got And this come is one together. of those places multiple you, dimensions and, lizard people all that stuff yeah yeah there's i'm not so sure about the lizard people on this one but there's something down there man and well there's lots of things down there this is a um there was a couple rules about this documentary that we were told in advance um one, we can never be alone on the property because it's not safe. Um, and two, it's like 30 acres in rural Florida. Um, and the second is that we're not supposed to talk on camera about the other research team that comes out to the property. Now, this other research team that comes out to the property, let's just say they have carte blanche about going wherever they want and unlimited resources. Let's just say it that way. Um, 
So I think you can kind of figure out who that might be. So we go down there. I've been told that there is Bigfoot. Um, there is other creatures. There is orbs, UFO sightings. Uh, there's paranormal activity in the house. And there's also portals, interdimensional portals. Oh, my God. Who so was like, this other team? Um, well, let's just say they were on the property one day when uh, the wife who lives there with her husband uh, found them or found one of them on the property. And he walked up, showed her his identification and said, I'm allowed to be here. Uh, you can make the proper calls if you want. but And they'll tell you that I can be anywhere I want to be. It was the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> Even a level above them. Uh, <laughs> I'm only kidding, dude. Uh, I don't know who it was. Dude. Uh, I don't so, know who it was. Yeah, That's yeah, great. It's, uh, let's just say it's a it's a really well oiled organization. That okay, I got you. I got you. That's crazy, really. So, yeah, and so she used to work in law enforcement. This woman, she used to uh, train police dogs. So she knows a lot of people. So she saw her, she had just recently retired, not that long ago. So she made a couple calls, talked to the sheriff or whoever, and they ran this guy's file. They said, we don't have any information on this guy. All we have is that he's got clearance. Oh my God. Right? It's a man in black. And, shit. Right. No doubt. So, um, these are just some of the stories I'm hearing before I even get there. Right. Oh my and God. So, so I'm all amped up, right? So I get down there. We're supposed to be camping out on the property. We get down there. And within the first hour and a half of meeting, uh, the married couple, uh, Bill and Carolyn are their names, uh, sweetest people in the world, sweetest people in the world. And uh, uh, within about an hour of hanging out and talking, they were like, uh, and she's from like Northern Al- or Southern Alabama. So she's like, Ron, she's, you know, when she said Ryan, it sounded like Ron, Ron, I don't think you should be camping out on this property all by yourself. It ain't safe. So, you know, so me and this guy, Ed, Ed Brown, who is a Bigfoot guy, we were going to sleep in a, this little building on the property called the Sugar Shack. The Sugar Shack is uh, like an old shed transformed into a living space, right? Yeah. So it's got one bed in it. It's got a couple chairs. Ed was just sleeping in this like lazy boy recliner chair while I slept in the bed. And uh, I've got some of the craziest wood knocks recorded from a dig- handheld digital recorder on, from the inside windowsill. Uh, like I can only guess three thirty four in the morning, you hear what is one of the uh, most prominent Bigfoot signs, according to Bigfoot research, is they communicate with each other across long distances by banging a stick on trees, like on the trunk, knock to each other, right? And I've got this. We've got from that digital recorder that we used one night while we were sleeping, just to hear if we picked up anything while we were asleep. You hear the. I can't. I mean, when I even talking about it, it's freaking me out. Um, you hear these loud ass knocks coming from outside the, uh, and when you think about like the logistics of just in case people aren't into Bigfoot or they think people who are totally whack jobs, I get it. Trust me. Um, you know, even being in, being in standup comedy, first of all, we know rejection. We've embraced it. That's our lives. But then when you start being open about paranormal experiences, that kind of stuff, you get called a kook all the time. I came to know these people over the course of five days and five nights and believe that their stories are indeed very credible. And so there's three of us down there. This guy, Dan Lindholm, uh, who's a Bigfoot guy out of the Northwest. Great guy. Uh, he's got his son who's a, a photographer doing, you know, he's one of the cameramen. And then we've got three security guards. One of them is uh, a now retired game warden uh, from the Sacramento area. So he knows how to track animals, all that kind of stuff. Another one is a guy who's, uh, he's like trained SWAT teams. 
Um, you know, it, his, his father and his brother were like secret service and also an, an in interrogation. That's how like their family, that's like their family line. They were the interrogators, right? So he was like slowly but surely breaking everybody off from the group as the five days went on, like having one-on-one conversations without people realizing that he was breaking them down to see if they were lying about stuff. Um, Cause he was a total skeptic, 100% skeptic coming in. Uh, the game warden believer, Bigfoot guy. Uh, and then there was another guy who was a friend of theirs who owned a gun shop uh, up in Sacramento. He was there. So he knows knows his way with a gun and all that kind of stuff. So they're the security. It's detail, like the right? usual suspects of like right? paranormal, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time I've had like armed security guards with me when I've been out doing stuff. That's for sure. Um, and it turns out the reason we had them is because that other security team told the owners of the house. They said, if you ever have anybody else come out here and investigating your property, make sure they have... Uh, armed people with them because it's not safe. That's um, crazy, dude. Yeah. So, and so we're out there, we, you know, we're going through the woods, we're doing paranormal investigations and like run down cabins, like way off on the property uh, in the middle of nowhere. And then one night we're all over, it's, it's dark and we're doing a paranormal investigation at this abandoned cabin. And uh, we, I decided we're not really getting anything on the inside. So I'm like, let's go outside the house and see what we, yeah, because everybody else there was more of a Bigfoot, you know, cryptid in the field kind of thing. And I was the one with the experience doing paranormal investigations with like spirit boxes, you know, EVPs, the, all that stuff. And um, and so all of a sudden, Dan Lindholm, this other guy, and he goes, I hear two, what sounds like a bipedal creature running away. Hold on one second. I don't know why you just, you get into the story and it just started fucking with the, it's so weird, man. It is so weird. We were perfect up into this story. This is so weird. And now you're completely frozen. Am I frozen on your side? Hmm. Let me do this. Let me hit end. And I'm going to call him back. Well, guys, uh, as always on the show, when um, we start getting to the good stuff, you know, <laughs> uh, the Matrix steps in and decides to shut down. Uh, Ryan was in the middle of a great, great story. He was sent on this dot crew to, you know, do some basically cryptid. Uh, I don't know if the word's hunting. I would say like searching for. And uh, he heard some crazy knocks on the, uh, throughout the woods, which is known as a Bigfoot thing. So he's here. He just He's back. Ryan, pick up where you left off, please. Okay, so uh, it's so weird, man. Like, it it almost seems like to use comedy terms, hack. But whenever you're doing like a paranormal investigation, like a Bigfoot thing or whatever else, it's like, you know, technical difficulties always fucking happen right, right in the middle of stuff. It's just like it's almost like this big like the trickster showing up. Anyway, so we're investigating uh, this rundown abandoned cabin. We're not getting anything from inside. So I decided we should go outside. We go outside and Dan Lindholm, who's there doing it with me. Uh, and then everybody else is just kind of also hanging out, right? Um, he goes, I hear something running away from me. And he's like, I hear like a bipedal, two legs running away from me through the woods, like through this like field. And so all these Bigfoot people are maniacs, man. They hear something. I mean, it's pitch blackout. We can't see anything. We have got flashlights with us, of course, if we need them. But like these Bigfoot people, they hear a noise in the dark out in the wilderness. They run at it. 
they run at it. My instinct is like, no, run the other way. Right. So we all start running because I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, first of all, I'm not going to be left by myself out in the middle of nowhere. So I just, you know, I joined. So there's like five of us, six of us running towards where we heard this noise. Um, one of the guys there who's the, uh, one of the security guys, he's got a, uh, a thermal camera scope, like a scope that can see like long distances, like 300 meters or something, but thermal imaging. Right. And so as we're, well, actually we all didn't run some of it, we all ran. And then some of us kept running while the others kind of stayed back and we're trying to watch the thermal scope. Uh, so Dan, who's got the thermal scope, uh, there's a lot, there's a few Dan's there, right. At this trip, not the same guy. And, uh, we, we don't, we don't find anything. We don't see anything. We come back and Dan, the, the game warden says, I got something on thermal scope. I got it. We captured whatever this thing was. So we, uh, but then, uh, we're still hanging out. Right. And then he goes, there's, and then there was another sighting of something like, I don't know, 150 meters away. And as he was going to take a photo of that one, camera dies on the thermal scope. Oh my God. We got the first one, but we got the first one, not the second one. He said the second one, it was like something was on all fours, kind of like something big, just kind of like hovering back and forth on all fours. And um, so, which, which is a whole creepy thing that we could talk about another time, probably. I mean, because it's something called crawlers. And if, if people are familiar with Skinwalker Ranch, yeah, uh, they've heard, they've heard of these things. This place was sold to me as the Skinwalker Ranch of the South, right? That's why I was so on board to go down. And uh, the property itself is on the first episode of the first season of uh, what is it called? Looking for Bigfoot. Uh, it's got you know it's that famous Bigfoot show. Anyway, uh, it's the only episode they did a full episode on one property because that's how much stuff's going on down here. So, but we're the first ones doing like a proper documentary on the property at the time, right? So what happens next is uh, we kind of all go back to our, our, you know, back to home base later. We're, we're stoked, right? And previously in that day or the day before, we'd also gotten like a Bigfoot print uh, really close to the house in the dirt. Um, we saw a giant X formation uh, made by uh, uh, an X formation that I've never seen the scope of it. It's like two trees uh, made an X formation typically is a marker that Bigfoot people will say indicates this is the beginning of Bigfoot territory. It's kind of like how we put up fences. Um, anyway, so we, uh, the next night I've been uh, kind of asking Carolyn if I could do a paranormal investigation inside the house because they've, they've gotten voices on audio recording when they haven't been home calling their dog over and you can hear the dog like walking over to the voice that called it because she thought she was hearing stuff. So she left a recorder in her house going when they were out to dinner and got like a voice calling the dog over and you hear the dog's feet on the hardwood floor. So I'm like, I want to do, I want to oh do an investigation in the house. God. So then, so the next day, Ed Brown, who's in charge of the documentary, put the whole thing together. He goes, hey, I need to talk to you because Carolyn wants you to do the investigation at the house tonight. And I was like, oh, great. And he goes, but she wants you to do it alone. And I was like, oh, okay. He goes, yeah, she said you have a different energy than the rest of the guys, which was because I had crystals in my pocket and they had firearms. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd been getting to know her over the first few days I'd been there too because – you know, I mean, you know how it is, you know, with your podcast and everything else. It's like, if you just don't say anything and you're hanging out with somebody, they will talk. 
and they'll just keep talking if you don't say anything. And uh, so I, whenever I was around Carolyn, I was like, I'm trying to soak up all this information because she comes from a Merovingian bloodline. Oh, snap. Uh, you know, right. She's been abducted on the property. Uh, the other research team um, had done a hypnosis session on her. Um, and they, um, they found a lot of stuff about the abduction and she told them, she's like, I'm never doing that again. Cause I don't need to know this stuff. Um, there's, uh, and they brought something called, if people are at all familiar with paranormal investigation or the show, there's something called a spirit box it was like a radio that cycles through radio stations and people areas you can pick up, uh, that ghost will say to you. I've gotten some pretty good hits on spirit box. Oh, so, okay. Anyway, so they brought their own version, which she said looked like. Oh, well, I just yeah, want to well, explain because you broke to, up a little uh, bit. To, Basically you use the radio, yeah, a radio box and it kind of goes through the dials. Is that what it is? It go, kind of goes through all the different yeah. channels and you see which one you could exactly. pick up to pick up their voices. That is crazy, dude. Well, what happens is, like, imagine you're using the scan function on your radio. Yeah. So if you use the scan function on your radio, act like it's broken and won't stop scanning. Um, And so it just keeps going, and you can hear responses sometimes. So you have to ask very specific questions. You can't ask yes or no questions to a spirit box. Um, But uh, so anyway, so I set up to do the paranormal investigation at the house later that night, which is the day after. We got that image on the thermal cam. And it doesn't even occur to me, but like they, because one of the rules was you're never supposed to be alone on the property without, you know, armed guard. This was the first time I was by myself, right? Ooh, yeah. So I'm in a way kind of breaking the rules, but I'm inside their house, right? I do a paranormal investigation for about three or four hours, maybe a little longer, get some really interesting stuff on the spirit box. Like one time I asked the question, like, um, why am I here? And the spirit box immediately responds, you set it up. And then I asked, is there anything else you want to tell me? And it says, I'm inside you. Right. So some creepy stuff. Yeah, and man. So I'm, I'm later that night. It's um, probably around 1130 at night. I'm talking with Bill and Carolyn. We're hanging out. I've got tarot cards out uh, and tarot cards for them. And they're like, these crazy tarot card hits that are representing like things we're talking about. We're having a really good time. We're having a bunch of laughs. We're having a really good time. Then all of a sudden, Ed and somebody else comes back from the investigation from that same property we were when we had the major sighting. And they said they didn't really get anything. And so uh, and then I'm getting ready to go with Ed back down to the sugar shack because it's after midnight and uh, we're in their house. So it's like, let them go to bed, right? It's like a Wednesday night. So... Uh, and then as we're getting ready to leave, Carolyn goes, hey, Ryan, I want you to stay in the dream chamber tonight. And I was like, what's the dream chamber? She's like, well, it's one of our guest rooms where when people sleep in there, they have the craziest dreams of their life. And oh. weird stuff happens in there. She goes, my daughter slept in there three and a half years ago, woke up in the middle of the night because of whatever happened. She has not been back to the house since to see her parents because of what happened in that dream chamber. I was like, hell yeah, let's sleep in the dream chamber. You're so hilarious. Let me go grab my, <laughs> let me go grab my dream notebook. And uh, <laughs> let me go grab my journal and my I'm toiletries and I'll be I'm right back. In. So I'm walking with Ed down this driveway. It's about 150 yards, maybe at the most, uh, to get to the sugar shack down the driveway through the, the woods. 
and to get my toiletry bag and my dream journal and having a good time. We're talking about what we're going to do tomorrow, all this kind of stuff, having a good time. We're laughing. So anyway, I get in the sugar shack, grab my stuff. Uh, I'm walking out of the sugar shack to head back up. I got my flashlight, my toiletry bag and my notebook. Um, and I walk out of the front door of this little, the only door of the sugar shack and I'm getting ready to walk off the porch, this little mini porch. And Ed looks at me, he goes, uh, be safe, be careful. And I thought to myself, why would he, he never said that to me. I'm like, why is he saying that to me? I'm walking up the driveway to the house. No big deal. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, that's weird. He closes the door and it's got like a big dead, deadbolt, like latch lock on the other side of it. And so he locks it. It's real thick wood. Right? Oh Reinforced. my God. And so I walk off the, walk off the porch and I turn to my left to start walking up the driveway uphill. It's a sandy, like Florida sand driveway. I get about six or seven steps. And then all of a sudden from about 30 yards behind me, if not a little bit closer, I hear a noise. It's more like a scream. Uh, it sounds more like a warning. Uh, I, I've never heard this noise in my entire life. And it was like, it, it was like it was water splashed on my back. Right. It was meant for me. You know what I mean? Um, and I guess imagine the devil is giving a home birth that goes wrong. Yeah. Like during, you know, like it yeah. was like that blood curdling. And so then I'm like, I'm fucking stopped in my fucking tracks. And I turn around because I don't even realize what the fuck is happening. And I don't see anything. I just see pitch black everywhere. Right. And that's when I fucking realize, oh shit, dead. Right. Like I'm dead. And so in this moment, I do, I scream two things simultaneously without screaming them. I'll, I'll explain. Uh, when this first happened, I was so scared. I just, I wanted to yell, Ed, like, Ed, right? Uh, who was in the sugar shack. But at the same time, I wanted to yell, Ed. I didn't want him walking out the door because he'd be closer to the noise I just heard. Yeah. Which was definitely top of the food chain above my ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I'm yelling Ed and trying to stop myself from yelling Ed. I'm also yelling the word avalanche. Um, I'm yelling the word avalanche because the security detail, they told me, they said, if you're ever in a position of danger, the code word is avalanche. If you yell avalanche, now this is no joke. This is not something to joke around with. That means we will have our fingers on the trigger ready to shoot and kill something, right? So don't yell avalanche as a joke. And, uh, which I was like, Hey, don't worry about it. And they're like, okay, good job. Snowflake. They called me snowflake. That's what their nickname for me was. Uh, these burly this is, guys. by the way, every predator movie, it's yeah, like, right? yeah. there's a bunch of gun guys and one dude who just wants to get to know the predator. And that's yeah. you. This is every cast. This is every predator. Oh, movie. Holy shit. I never put that together. That's so true. That's I'm like the, I'm like the sensitive scientist. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm sitting here to research and bring yeah. back about this it's creature. A, it has feelings. Yeah, it could have medical breakthroughs. Yeah, we can use it. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> well, we need to get to know this creature. <laughs> um, uh, so I yell Ed and Avalanche, but while trying not, trying not to yell, it's like I tried to like, you know, uh, it's like I, I was taking a piss and a fart came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I was yeah. trying to be bold, but it was also very meek. And then I realized I need to get the hell out. So I start running as fast as I can up this driveway. 
And probably about three fourths up the driveway, I do probably the bravest thing I've ever done in my entire life, which was simply just turning my head to look behind me, right? To see how close I was to being overtaken by some creature of some kind and being gored to death or whatever, right? And um, so I get to the gate and the gate, you know, is, is like not latching. It's like waist high. And I get into, and finally I, finally I get into the gate and then I try to close the gate and latch it because even though I think I'm getting ready to die, my mom's voice is in my head. Don't be rude. You're a guest. Make sure yeah. you latch that gate. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And then subconsciously, I also think I thought, well, if I leave this gate open, I'm being like, hey, Bigfoot, come on, come on in here and ask, fuck me. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, right, you're right. welcome. Right. So, um, so or maybe I, you might slow it down with a little fence. Yeah, right. Even though I could probably just step over it or do yeah. whatever. So, so I get to the front door. Luckily, the door is not locked. I get into the house. I, I lock the door behind me. Put up. And they had all in every door of their house that went outside. They had these. It was like they look like golf clubs almost. That like that have the rubber ends. Um. So they put them on the floor and then up on the handle. It's got like a grip like that that goes underneath the handle. So it's like an extra reinforcement. So someone can't open the door. Right. And they have all their windows with like real thick wood locked locked with like padlocks from the outside as well because they've had too many like instances of like banging on the like creatures knocking on their like outside of their house unbelievable um so uh so they've got everything boarded up and locked up right and they've got extra reinforcement locks on the inside so i get in there and there's one guy still in the kitchen and that's a, that's uh, what I'm grateful for was there was a guy still awake in the kitchen, a friend of theirs who was with us, who was staying in the other guest room. And um, I looked at him and he looked like he was looking at a ghost, right? Because I was hyperventilating. I was trembling. I was crying a little bit. Um, I have no idea what just happened to me. And uh, just when I started getting comfortable and having a really good time at this place on this property where all the, like the heebie-jeebies were kind of sifting away because I hadn't been sleeping the previous nights very well at all. I'd just be lying awake at night in the sugar shack, you know, falling asleep for a few hours here and there, just like wondering if I'm hearing shit outside, right? Just terrified. So I mean, because I've been a ghost guy and shit like that, you know, I'm never out in the woods looking for a primate or, or whatever Bigfoot a might predator. be. Or a predator, right? So, um, he goes, what happened to you? And I go, I, I, you know, I could barely talk. And so I tried to recreate the noise for him. And as I did that, Carolyn came out of her bedroom, you know, she, cause she thought David was, this other guy was having a, a stroke because of the noise I was making. Um, and then she comes out she's like, are you okay? And then she looks over and sees me and she goes, first thing she says, oh my God, you, you saw it. I'm so sorry. She came over and she hugged me. I was like, I didn't see it, but I heard it. It screamed at me. Um, I've, there, you know, I don't, I thought I was dead. And, uh, she's just like, I'm so sorry, Ryan. I'm so sorry. This is what we've been dealing with out here on this property for the last handful of years. I'm so sorry. Oh you had to experience it. And, um, the next day, the next morning when, uh, cause the security guys were all staying at a hotel outside of, just outside of town. So, uh, the next morning, uh, we all kind of, well, first of all, I didn't sleep. Well, I got to be honest I with you, dude. Night. I think unable, it's a crazy idea that security is not staying with you guys. Like, isn't that the point of security is that they're going to yeah, secure well, you? We, yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. I thought the same thing. Yeah. They're like, I oh, yeah, the security's going to be like two and cities over. It should be noted that <laughs> they're like a 20 minute drive. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, it's like, so you call them up like, avalanche, or like, be there in 20. Uh, yeah, it's like, no, that doesn't work. That's not an avalanche. That's yeah. a slow melt. Um, so yeah, yeah, that is, I also would have felt much better if they were just there the whole time. Um, and yeah, I, it was the first time I was alone on the property. Um, specifically at night, walking from one to the other in the middle of the night, probably after 1230, um, pitch darkness. Um, one of the things I didn't realize until later, uh, they tell you that if you're out in the woods looking for Bigfoot and you hear a bunch of insects and frogs and stuff like that, if all those things go quiet, there's a predator around. Um, that means that there's something close, whatever it might be. Oh right? my God. Cause all those other animals know that something that eats them is close by. So they shut up and I don't remember hearing any of the insects, oh but here's my. the, Here's oh, not the thing: the too, crickets, nothing. The like crickets, that. nothing. I don't remember hearing that. And now, now, granted, it could just you know whether or not that's true or not. I don't know. But here's the thing that really pissed me off: on a tree on the other side of the driveway, directly facing the sugar shack, was a trail cam. That trail cam is motion activated to record video. So I should be on the trail cam, right when this happens. The trail cam has footage of Ed and I walking down the driveway. It picks us up going into the sugar shack. It gets triggered for that. I'm inside the sugar shack for maybe two and a half, three minutes, maybe gathering my stuff, talking with Ed. I walk out of the sugar shack, walk, you know, get five steps, turn, stop, scream, and then run. It should have that. It's got me and Ed going in. It does not have me leaving the sugar shack. The motion activated trail cam does not. But what it does have is a weird light careening around on the side of the sugar shack right that's facing the house which is my flashlight in my left hand as i'm running up the driveway the flashlight's hitting through the trees onto the sugar shack right oh my god but here's and here's what pisses me off about that sam this fucking trail cam gets activated by a light moving on the side of a shack but doesn't get activated by me walking in front of it, stopping and then running. Like this is that bullshit we're talking about with tech technology failures in the paranormal. It's like, how does it not have that? You know what I mean? And how so, does it not have that? And that's, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, it's yeah. like people don't want to believe in anything because where's the evidence? Well, one, there is evidence. You just dismiss it as a dude in a, a gorilla suit or whatever it is. And then just the universe is so interesting, dude. Mm-hmm. And you just never know when the forces that be just have the, the energy just fucks with the tech, dude. And it just happened. Yeah. And uh, Bigfoot World calls, uh, there's a phenomenon in the Bigfoot World called zapping, where Bigfoot can zap you, uh, either by vocalizing at you or just sending something at you. And I'll t- tell you what, dude, I, I slept with the lights on. This was in June of 2019. And then you had to go to the dream box. Right. Which I got up to the back of the house. And after we were getting ready to go to sleep, after everybody was kind of hanging out the three of us, Carolyn, this other guy, and myself, I was like, listen, I can't sleep in the dream chamber tonight. I was like, I cannot. So we switched rooms. I didn't sleep anyway, though. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, 
it, my Fitbit slept, uh, said I slept for six hours and burned 140,000 calories. Oh <laughs> like, my I just, God. I was just like, fr- I was just frozen in bed, right? Uh, staring at my ex-girlfriend's Instagram story for 10 seconds over and over and over again. Um, and I fell asleep once the sun came up. But the problem too is that like, you know, people can be like, well, the, the trail camp doesn't pick you up, all this kind of stuff. So the next day, and everybody who I met on this trip, with the exception of Ed, who set the whole thing up, the director, I knew him already. Everybody knows I'm a stand-up comic who's also in the paranormal. So they don't, they don't know if they can trust me, right? Oh, so he just so trying to get some kill us, right? You know, because everything's a joke to a comic. Everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Well, it's my theory so, on why, uh, why I hate when people say, oh, I hate when celebrities get, get uh, uh, political. I go, who, who do you want to hear from? The guy flipping the signs on the corner? Do you want his <laughs> political hot take? I like, it's just annoying, dude. That's like, just because they made it in one thing, they're just like, yeah, dude, I want to hear from that guy. Yeah. I want to hear from the, Pizza Hut delivery pizza. I just like every, just hear what they have to say. And if it's ridiculous, then throw it out. But their job shouldn't determine like the validity, validity of their political points. Yeah. It's yeah. Weird. It's totally the same. Yeah. It is weird. That's funny though. The guy flipped from the sign. The, um, well, the next morning, everybody shows back up and Dan Butler who tracks animals for a living. He's, He's like, they're like, okay, everybody stay off the driveway. We're going to treat this like a crime scene kind of thing, right? So he examines my shoes that I was wearing the night before, the soles of my shoes. And he tracks my movements from leaving the sugar shack all the way up to the house. And, you know, he's like, okay, I want you to walk me through it after I examine this stuff. And then we'll come back and then you walk me through it, right? So uh, I tell him what happened. Uh, the one guy, Matt, who, uh, the skeptic, the uh, SWAT team trainer and from a family of interrogators, he, he's like not sure whether or not I should be believed. So he breaks me off. I, I knew what he was doing anyway, so I, I let him break me off and yeah. <laughs> interrogate me. And he was just like, damn, snowflake, I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, you know, I'm still buddies with those guys. It's like... It, it's like, you know, I never thought I'd be like friends with like hardcore gun loving, like conservatives who, yeah. uh, you know, were, you know, just on the opposite side of a, of, of a few, to say the least, uh, issues than me. But we got, we had such a good time. You'd be amazed when you go all and, the way around how you end up touching. Right, exactly. And there's so much more in life oh, yeah. that we have than just these few things. Anyway, so he walks me through my footsteps. And I go, oh, yeah, I took like, you know, maybe five or six steps. He goes, yeah, it looks like here you took about six steps. And then you stopped and there's an indentation where you put, where you, you were launching yourself into a run. And then from the distance between footsteps from those previously to the ones up here, I would say that you've probably never run faster in your entire life from what I'm looking at. Wow. And so, so the story checks out, the story checked out with the evidence, the footprint evidence and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then the next day we had to take, uh, we were supposed to take these uh, trail cams off these trees we'd set up in the, the area where the alleged portal was. And where this other investigation team, they primarily will come out to study these portals. And what the owner of the house, Carolyn, had been told, and Carolyn comes from a long line of witches. It ties into what we were talking about earlier, like a lot of like earth witches, right? And she, uh, 
she was told by this uh, investigation team that there was a, a portal on the property that they've come out to study, but they've realized that there's a second portal on the property that she created with her mind. This is what they told her. And uh, one guy said he had been inside of it. And he was in there for 20 seconds. And apparently later he told her, he's like, I just want to let you know you've created a beautiful world. They told her that she created subconsciously without even realizing this second portal to have things come out of it to protect her and her husband and everybody else from the things that are coming out of the first portal. So she created a portal to have creatures come protect them from the creatures that are coming out. So it's like this weird portal interdimensional creature warfare going on out there. Yeah. It's like a a, a Starbucks across the street from a coffee bean. It's just exactly. Yeah. It's on like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And so what I can extrapolate from this, and I think your listeners probably could too, is if there is a woman creating interdimensional portals subconsciously in her mind without realizing it, that means she's not the only person alive who's doing this. Secondly, the thing we can, we can extrapolate is there are people who know they're doing it, but don't know how they're doing it. Third, we can extrapolate that there are people who know that they're creating interdimensional portals with their mind and they know how to do it. So that's why these, uh, investigation teams, right, that shall remain unnamed, are, are, they're on a wild goose hunt all around the earth trying to track these things down, right? And, um, and they said they have no idea really about it. That's why they're out there investigating. They've been investigating on the property, for, I think it was six or seven years before they even discovered that they've been sneaking around out there. That's and that crazy. was three years well, ago. That you was know, uh, the U.S. government is, dude, they've been using the occult forever. And, you know, there's a whole argument that, you know, the invasion of Iraq, the weapons of mass destruction was not, in fact, uh, 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 bombs or nuclear weapons, but in fact, a Stargate that they found out there and how that whole area is like old Mesopotamia. And, you know, going back to what the original start of this conversation, which was, the occult and uh, ancient knowledge, and it's like I wouldn't like I said, man. This, 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 whatever we live in this realm is way more interesting than anything we've ever than we've no been doubt. told growing up, man. You know, for Anunnaki, sure, all that shit. Like, wh- did they come from Planet X or are they from a lower d- realm? I mean, like, dude, they. It's, uh, it's there's so much amazing shit going on. The Anunnaki is interesting because Jeremiah Sitchin, who is the progenitor, or if I'm even saying that word right, who birthed the Anunnaki by saying that he had an actual translation of the, of the tablets or the language. I, the rabbit holes I've gone down on the Anunnaki, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical about Sitchin, but I am not skeptical about, you know, reading, you know, the book of Enoch and, you know, the reference of giants and things like that. So that's, that's a that, that's a whole nother talk. We can yeah, and do that, Ryan. But yeah, we gotta do the, this uh, more often, yeah, brother. So, when the internet. But I want to tell you this too, to just put a bow on all this. Can I prove to anyone beyond the shadow of a doubt that interdimensional portals exist, um, that Bigfoot is real, or other creatures? Because I don't. I've come to believe that I don't think it's a Bigfoot that screamed at me. I think it was something else. And and the thermal image that we have is just kind of from like just above the neck because whatever it was, was kind of, there was a, there was a hill, right? 
So you just kind of see the thermal image of whatever creature's head it was from that, the night, the night before I had my experience. And I had my experience after doing a paranormal investigation as well, which is interesting after something tells me it's inside me. So there's all kinds of connections. But the woman who lives there, Carolyn, she looked at the thermal image and you'll find this interesting. She said, that's dog man. So, and Dan, who was like part of the security detail, I mean, he, if you wanted to like, if central casting said, we need a guy who's like a badass Marine looking motherfucker, not scared of anything, right? We need that guy. This is Dan. He's a badass. Like, I just wanted him to hold me after my experience. I'm like, just hold me until I can get the fuck out of this place. <laughs> right. Um, he, uh, he, he confided in me. We were talking about Bigfoot and, you know, by a campfire one night and, he goes, you know what, the stories I've, I've heard from like friends like in law enforcement or connected to you know, other friends in the military, he's like, I never want to see a dog man because I'm worried that it will ruin me. And, but he wants to see Bigfoot, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But he doesn't want to cross paths with a dog man because he's afraid it will ruin him, like shatter all of his nerves, essentially, I think is what he was saying. Because you've ne- I've never heard any story about the dog man being anywhere close to benevolent. When you do hear stories about Bigfoot, like nurturing a child that's lost in the woods or things like, or a man who broke his back, there's this uh, podcast I was just listening to where it was a story about a guy who, who had a fall in the woods by himself. And he was nursed back to health through a Bigfoot creature, like breastfed um, until he was found um, like a day or two later. Um, it saved his life because it moved him too from the place where he fell. So you never hear any of that shit about Dogman. Dogman's straight up like vicious. And I don't ever want to see a Dogman either. I never want to come close to one. Um, but so I can't prove any of this stuff to people, right? But but it speaks to what you're talking about. This world, there's so much more going on in this world. And there's so many more mysteries and, and things happening. And there are people who are hell-bent on trying to put everything into a box, like you were talking about earlier, right? The law of physics. And these stories don't fit in that box. And That's when you're outside saying. the box, guess what? You're a crazy motherfucker and nobody should listen to you. And that's uh that's just the way because you know we don't have the high priest anymore we got the high scientist walking around their robes and shit uh demanding reverence and loyalty and oh yeah from all of us so like i'm over all that so but yeah man it's uh i slept with my lights on for a year i was so scared i started what? Seeing a, i went to a p i've been seeing a ptsd therapist since september of last year like I had lots of problems, but it took Bigfoot to get me through the door. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> like, like I should have been in therapy dude. probably years earlier. But That's amazing, dude. I've seen shit. I've seen ghosts. I've seen, and I, I've had people like, oh, I ain't seen nothing. I go, well, I've seen it multiple times, dude. And, you know, uh, I just think, you know, again, the world is so much more interesting. And I would r- rather believe in it because it just... You know, it's just so, it's so much more exciting than what's on the news right now. Yeah. 
You want to sit there and listen to Bill Gates and Dr. Fauci just talk dog shit and all these Karens running around telling you to put your mask on because they don't really understand the purpose of a mask and just all this mask brainwashing going on that, you know, not to get into what the virus is because everyone's entitled to their own thing, but it's just like, I had to turn it off, man. We, we had a, uh, Martha's mom came and helped us and she just had CNN on mainline. She was just mainlining it. And I, I just, I don't want to live in that world. I want to hear about Bigfoot and dream chambers and the fucking return of the witches and all that shit. Cause that to me is so much well, it ties more into magic. I mean, that ties into magic too, what you're talking about, because magic is, it's all about like electric, most of it, people don't want to hear it because it's kind of boring, but at the heart of magic is meditation, really, essentially. And it's changing your thoughts and using your thoughts to create the world around you. And alchemy, I truly believe that while it may be possible that they figured out how to turn things into gold through alchemy, I think alchemy is more of a spiritual metaphysical concept. And um, that's what it's really about and transmuting the soul into finding immortality potentially and well embracing the fact that you already are immortal right coming into that awareness but like magic is about changing the framework of your thoughts in your mind and therefore getting the things in this world coming at you and coming to you that you put your energy into and i can't i can't clock into any of that new stuff man um I, I, I might dip my toe in once every two days just to kind of get an update on reopenings and things like this. But like, I can't, uh, whether it's Twitter, whether it's the news, whether it's uh, things like that, I don't go main feeds because it changes my mood. It alters my fucking state. And that's of mind. on purpose. Exactly. And um, so, I, you know, I choose to create my own reality. And some people would be like, well, that means you're crazy, dude. And it's like, well, aren't we all crazy? Man? Yeah, we all. Are hey, we all crazy? If you're not crazy, you're probably not that funny. That's my opinion. I only know three <laughs> normal people, dude. The rest of them are all just got black belts and crazy, and God bless them because I'd rather hang out with crazy. So, I mean, yeah. who yeah. wants to listen it's, to a normal person? Ask your next-door neighbor to tell you a joke. Good luck on that, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's like. Teach your own, dude. Brian, you're the best. You're the best, man. Damn, this was good, man. I'm glad uh, to touch base with you. Uh, it's good to see you. I want to, I mean, dude, once the uh, studio, once once the guy who runs my board isn't like uh, all super crazy about uh, get, catching anything, I'd love to have you in the studio. It's in it's, uh, Melrose. I'd love to have you in the studio and uh, sit down. We could powwow. With some oh, better yeah. internet, I don't know why he started cooking with gas. We got, we got it's it. My but, internet, I think I'm even hardlined in through a land cable, and um, I think for whatever reason it's my internet. I mean, I live in a beehive. You know, there's so many people here on internet in this building and stuff. But yeah, it is interesting, and you know, I look forward to being able to get out there. I currently have a roommate who's got a, a compromised immune system. Yeah. Um, so I'm in the camp of, um, you know, having to think of other people. Well, you know, it's directly with you. So I totally respect that. understand like my dad, like I'm an open up guy and that's fine. But, you know, I tell my dad, you got to stay home, dad. You're in that demographic that this thing just goes nuts on. He's like over 70, overweight with diabetes. That's what's looking for. So I'm like, dad, you got to stay home, man. 
But he's like, oh, I want to live my life like this. I'm like, Dad, just stay home. He's like, I just want another 10 years. I'm like, then just stay home, man. <laughs> it's funny because I just read this book. Um, I never read anything by him before. Chuck Klosterman wrote this book called But What If We're Wrong? And it's a book that's basically trying to examine the present as the past and how we were wrong about so much stuff. And it made me realize, like, you know what? I can make up my mind and I can have a hardline stance on so many things, the virus included. But I, I've kind of accepted this, the thing that, like, you know what? Nobody's really going to know everything that fucking happened until another 30 years from now. Yeah, that's when we're that going to really sucks. have perspective. And it sucks. And it sucks. And um, in the meantime, what we can't control is, you know, just trying to do a better i need to do a better job of listening to people who have different opinions than me i need to show more compassion and empathy and not be an asshole um and uh you know i'm working on that but well, uh, you know i'm not here just to talk to people i agree with i find that would be very boring i like to hear right. everything and i have buddies of mine on both sides you know that click me back into uh okay uh, i want okay i understand where you come from that makes sense too and it kind of clicks me back a little bit and, you know, I'm fine with it, man. At the end of the day, it's like, I don't care if if you agree with me or you I agree with you or any of that stuff. As long as there's some love and respect and it's like, we agree to disagree. That's all. I have friends of mine going on the internet and people have been like thick as thieves for like 20 years. And they're just saying the most unnecessarily disrespectful shit about my opinion and how what I see. And I'm like, you know, it's like I put money in your pocket. I've like, I've helped, I've pulled you aside, try to, you know, get you out of ruts. And not that I'm like any kind of shaman or anything, but, you know, I like, I try to pass on to others what has been freely given to me. And it's just like, that's kind of what I do. And like the way these guys are so quick to divot off, it's like, we just don't see this one particular thing the same way. It doesn't mean we can't still love each other. It's so weird. <laughs> You know, you saw yeah, that in the this politics. is a moment in time. This is a moment well, like in time. The, the last uh, election was the same way. I know people who like blocked their parents on Facebook because one was a Hillary and one was a Trump. And it's just like, I'll never do that, dude. It's like, yeah, and it's agree, uh, to disagree. agree to disagree. Man. And it goes back to like at the heart of our kook show that we did like 10 years ago. What we tried, the message of that show we tried to tell people was like, listen, man, at the end of the day, they want us arguing over whether 100%. gay people should get marriage. Uh, you know, they want us arguing over this bullshit because there's bigger, huge, endless limit, these beautiful things that we are capable of doing. Um, and it doesn't serve them who are making the cheddar, you know, to let the mice know that, Hey man, you can eat everything else too. Yeah. So, you know, um, when we push back as a whole, they back off hard. Yeah, no, and it's like I, I had this conversation with my brother. I know we got to wrap this up, but like my brother and I have this conversation a lot. I was like, listen, dude, like the Egyptian spring like is a good example of like what if everybody just left their house and went into the streets? Guess what? A fucking country shuts down. Yeah. That's what happens. And um, but yeah, so Brian, yeah, we can quick, we can we can talk about this shit later. I want to tell you what my hat's about because you asked it. Oh yeah, and, yeah. What uh, is that? This is it. This is uh, the American Seven Football League. Okay, basically, um, I am part owner in this new, brand new part. Wait, you, you wait, 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 you all these bit all these businesses looking for like startups, and I saw like no 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 helmet, no pads. 
of football, and they think it that that's going to help with these actually be safer because yeah, because be people aren't going to be torpedoing each other. And I'm like, dude, someone needs to try that, and they did it. So I bought some stock in it. Pro- I don't know, man. They got so they got some funding. Wow, you going big business, Sam? Sam's I wish I, I, I bought it. I put it on a credit card, and I'm gonna pay interest on it. But <laughs> I just I was like, I think the idea is really good, and I, I hope I hope it gets a chance to get going. And they sent me a hat, so that's what I got. I, I, I I'm a I'm a part owner. I have season tickets and uh, Tenny game. I want to go, and I have a hat. Hey. I love it. I love Ryan, it. Ryan, you're I, the best. I appreciate it. I could talk thanks, to you with, all the time, every time. Uh, pa- me and Paranormal You is a podcast. And your new one is called? This is where the magic happens. This is, I must start listening to that, man. I really appreciate you, brother. Uh, it's good to see you. You look stunning. Your, 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 <laughs> your sheltered look is a stunning look, man. Yeah, I got that quarantine, that quarantine mop growing out. Dude, you need yeah. to become dude, a you professor look good too. college. Being a being a dad looks good on you, Sam. Thank you, uh, dude. Look forward to seeing you in real life soon. We'll do it again soon, dude. Take care. Everybody, love you very much. I hope you enjoyed. Sorry about some of the technical difficulties, but this is what's happening today, so it is what it is. Love you. Love everybody. Take care and have a great Memorial Day weekend. Take care, everybody.